It depends. Lady and and so forth. Now move forward to the next part of the question. So Bert, you're a script writer. Right? You write script. Right? With that, uh, uh, we have shows on TV. We have whole Game of Thrones. We have uh, all these series that people binge watch. Now, looking at it from a fundamental level, all they're doing is is binge watching scripts, like nonstop. So, what what do you think is is our obsession with uh, scripts? As human beings, what is it about them that keeps us coming back and clicking that play button or coming back to the theater to see what, what's going to happen in the next segment or what is it about human beings and, and scripts? I think when any story is, is interesting to any person, it depends on what kind of stories you like. It could be gossip, it could be anything. Uh-huh. You know, we just love to watch other people, you know, go through problems and, and you know, prevail, <laughs> you know, fail. You know, we do want that kind of entertainment. We find entertainment to such things, watching other people suffer. And that's what makes a good story when there are problems, you know. Watching a, a story, you know, even when you write, you know, most stories are, that are not good are those that delay the problem, you know. And then the good stories are those that, from the beginning, you see the problem. And then it unfolds to different layers. So as people, we want, we like, we enjoy to watch other people suffer. Or it could be gossip. It could be anything that informs us. Or that takes us, you know, that makes, that gives us that impression that, you know, our lives are better, you know. Also, when you look at Game of Thrones, I mean, I, I enjoyed that series and I think it was well scripted. But what I fundamentally took out of it was the imagination that it gave me, you know. So that story, to me, you know, it made me wonder the year in which the, the story is written, you know. It's it's long time ago, you know. The context in which it was written. It's a, it's a hero that is long term. And then what I took away from it was the, how these guys were, you know, during that era were able to wear pants to make pants out of leather. So that, that, that was a story for me. That, that was something that was interesting, that I was interested by. And also, I brought it back to our country and I was like, you know, if these guys could you know, make pants out of leather. Hey, why, you know, were we walking around naked, bad naked? So there's something to do, you know. So that script to me was, was interesting in that regard because it gave me something to think about. You know, but okay, how come, you know, such things were happening in their era, in their you know, there are countries, you know, because most of the time, well, what the story is about is telling us a story about Great Britain, how it came about. But then there's a fictional 
characters that come into play, you know, like White Walkers and, and everything. But but just but the gist of the story is about how Great Britain came about, you know. And then, so that that was a good story to me. It was informing, you know. And and I believe that everyone who watches a story or, or a movie goes in there to be informed, to be entertained, or to just watch other people suffer. You know? And then that <laughs> gives them pleasure. Yeah. It's interesting how we human beings get pleasure from seeing other people suffer. I mean, what, what does it say about us? We're self-centered. Hmm. We're selfish people. We're selfish beings. Even the most philosophical person is selfish. <laughs> And then, and then there are, there are people, although we are segueing into a different conversation, and then there are people who believe in things like socialism. This is why I said it will never work. But yeah, that's a story for a different day. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, just a follow-up on um, Bungie, on why no, no, leather, no leather pants and in this in the southern hemisphere of Africa, right? Yeah. I think most of the time it's because of the weather conditions. Because you have to understand <laughs> Britain is like very cold. So they, they had an extra need to cover up from their waist up to their yeah, like toes. And then as for us, it's very hot here. Like of course Farisa, you can imagine in Venda, would you think there would be any need for long pads? I, I doubt, my friend. It's, it's a very warm kind of place. In so winter, in this case, in the winter. Thank you. But thank you. <laughs> no, you no, 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 winter but... clothes. Oh, okay, that's that's a fair point. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. No, but I get what you. But then, yeah. yeah. But our winter is not snowy. That's the thing. Yeah. 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 There are parts of our country that snows. And okay, 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 okay. But then I wouldn't, I'm not, uh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Since we like, um, you from, I, I heard you from, you, you from Cape Town, right? Eastern Cape. Yeah, Eastern Cape. Nice. Yeah, 100%. So, um, my understanding is the winter, the winter, the winter in Eastern Cape can get a bit snowy, right? Yeah. So, and then, um, in the past, like, from, okay, like, from the traditional attire, what do you guys wear? Like, what, what do you guys wear? Hey, man, uh, you know, from, from the history that I know, we, we used to have, you know, like, underpants that are made out of, you know, animal skin. Sure. And we, and we would have uh, beads, you know, because, you know, we used to sell beads according to our history. And we used to have sure. blankets to cover up, you know, to cover up. So if you can, if you, if you can manage to make a blanket, I mean, that thing is uncomfortable to move around hunting, you know. <laughs> Slowly, you can just find a way to just wrap it around, you know, make it, you know, make arms out of it. So that's what, yeah. you know, to me, it doesn't seem right. You know? Because you are wearing an animal-skinned underwear. Isn't that even uncomfortable? 
Amen. <laughs> a lot of freedom <laughs> there. A lot of freedom there. Guys, can we stop before we start insulting our ancestors? <laughs> okay. Okay, perhaps let's go back to our, our initial conversation, which is art. <laughs> uh, yeah, gents. Uh, so, Birds gave us his response. Uh, uh, so, what we're doing is just, it's entertainment. People like watching other people suffer, basically. So, you guys, what do you think? Why do we obsess over scripts and watching our generations, our the river and whatnot. We keep coming back every day. What do you think that is? Uh, I wanna I think hit it my friend. Hit it my friend. Hit it my friend. <laughs> I think birds hit it like hit the nail on the spot man. I think yeah 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 like there's there's a fascination to to, to, to seeing someone like I don't know. Other people like to see people struggle. Other people like to see other people uh, overcome the struggles because I think that's the main, that's basically how a movie or anything is set out problems and then uh, how the problems are solved. Yeah, so I, I, I like to think, yeah, yeah. Well, what he said, ah, he, he hit the nail on the spot, man. He hit the nail on the spot. And then uh, another one would be that I think, man, life, life say man the more you grow up the more you just realize that ah this life thing you know it's it's a continuous it's 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 a continuous loop you know and always finding something different from what you currently have or the 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 cards you've currently been dealt it's a form of like an escape you know so i think we we also seek to escape via movies or via scripts yeah Interesting. Interesting. And uh, TT? Um, I think the biggest reason is how much you can relate to a story. Because the reason is like you're looking for, like you look at that, the Bushel whole generation there and all the, all the um, soapies that are mainstream. It's very interesting that they always have like you know, an undertone to society. Like, they have the lower class, they have the middle class, striving to become rich, very ambitious. And then you have just a taste of what it seems to be a bit rich. Like, that's most of every soapy that we have in Zanzi. Like, you know, um, in like, it tries to accommodate every perspective in that kind of sense. Like, what it feels to be at a certain kind of status in society. And how best you can relate to that kind of way of life. So the re- I think the way we, I think the way, like you know, I think sometimes it's, it's at best, I think it's relation, like how you can relate to that kind of storyline or perspective. And then, of course, man, in some cases, it's all about curiosity, man. And also how the other one, I don't really have to say much on curiosity, curiosity, but I think also the way sometimes we are primed as say at in the past you know people were hunter gatherers and then most of them were focused on gathering so much food or so much supplies for the winter so and then we live in a world where like you know according to their argument something like that is we live in a world where like some of those kind of traits have passed on through generation to generation 
abundance of something, it's not easy for us to handle that kind of abundance because of that kind of historical kind of influence on in on our you know human kind of our human side. Amongst the other reasons why people binge, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we boil it down to uh, people like watching people struggle or suffer. People like to escape from their reality, and then people like to watch things that they can relate to. Mm, interesting, interesting indeed. So, uh, artists. So when you close your eyes and imagine an artist, you, uh, this bohemian vibe guy who's who's carefree and marches to the beat. Huh? Is it the drum of their own beat or the beat of their own? Yeah, who just <laughs> does their own thing. <laughs> right. Uh, so, birds. Uh, we mentioned that artists are like, have God complexes, right? So, with you, I assume that as a director, you have to work with other people, other artists. And then... Uh, I assume that there will be cases where one God will say, let there be light. And then the other God will say, let there be darkness. How do you overcome those situations? Like how do something? This is what I do. Or do you just let the emotions get the better of you? How do you go about it? Well, uh, I guess your question is, how do I handle conflict and disagreement? Yeah, I just that I put some icing on it. <laughs> so sometimes I, I you know I'm, I'm I think what I do most of the time I I do try to imagine myself in that person's shoes. But what are they complaining about? You know, so that everyone is happy in that moment. However, there are people who are just difficult for so, and and those ones we just need us on what is expected of you, you know, because we do get those people who just find problems where there's no problem, you know. They are they are just there to make you struggle, make the process harder for you. So you need to be wary of those ones. And you know, but if they do do if they get the job done, it's okay. Just mise them, mise their complaints. But if it's a good reason to complain about. And, you know, you all sort of ask how the room, like how everyone feels about this problem, you know, if it involves everyone. And sort of, I allow myself to be guided by them. You know, I don't impose my, my myself in how I resolve the issue. However, it's a, if it's a personal problem and they came to me for that particular problem, you know, I... I I try my best to solve the problem the best way possible so that we're both happy in successful performances. And yeah, man, I haven't, I haven't met someone who's, who just wants to be ahead of me. You know, I haven't had someone. So, so far, I've handled conflict very well. Interesting. No, man, I just agree with the guest, man. Uh, I, I'm just, I'm just out ears, man. I just wanna, you know, soak in like a sponge. I'm like a sponge. 
Yeah, so yeah, go at it, Mister. I see. Um, well, it's like it's not um, it's a template, so it's not always you know like different situations happen in different kind of ways. So, uh, you find out most of the time you're in the heat of the moment, and all you can do is just react and think about. So, but what the answer that I'm going to give is just the template of you know sometimes like on a good day or the right way out approach conflict is this kind of way. So um, I think the, the best thing is always to have like, you know, um, the bigger picture in like, you know, in, 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 in hindsight is like, you know, okay, you guys are disagreeing on something. So, but then like that disagreement, what is it standing in the way of? And to what extent is, you know, your side and the other person's um, opinion influencing that kind of bigger picture? So, and then somewhere, somewhere in the middle, you, you have to accept that. I have to be like, oh, I have to accept that. I have to, you know, I have to try to, you know, come to like, you know, a negotiation of some sort. So at first, you know, it depends on the kind of tone or whatsoever, like how, how the conflict is. So basically it's just... Um, a conflict of ideas at some sort. And then if it if, if it goes further to that, it's some sort of, oh, okay, this is war now. Oh, okay. So basically nobody is trying to back down. So somebody, like somebody is like, you know, 100% behind their idea. They're supporting it. And to what extent is like, it's almost like they are trying to make their idea incorporated into the whole kind of uh, scenario or like, you know, it should be adopted for, the next step in whatever that thing is, whatever that situation is. So, and in that, in that kind of situation where it's a bit tense, I believe like, you know, it's okay. Try to always diffuse it. Like try to eliminate. Segment should be short. We'll be just concluding everything. And then, yeah, guys. So about to head into our second ad break. Uh, yeah. Join us shortly. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the ad break. We have an announcement. Please note that the show solo did not take place as mentioned in the podcast. There was some flooding in Tembisa and they had to reschedule the show. So, uh, apologies for the inconvenience. Hope you're enjoying the show. Stay tuned for more. Get it. Yeah, guys, welcome back to the last segment. This should be the last segment of today's show, which was a masterpiece, an artwork, if I can say. So uh, we're sitting with our guest here, uh, Birds Buntu Makadema, our director, scriptwriter, etc. Uh, so, Birds, this, this section is all about you. Uh, it's all about you. We want you to tell us about uh, the show that you're currently working on and why people should come to the show. Okay. Uh, well, let, let me let me give a brief summary of the show. So the story is titled Tolo, right? 
and it follows a young girl who's eight years old. You know? This young girl lives with her grandmother. You know? And then in this area, there's, there's been drought for eight years with no rain. So this young girl, uh, you know, through her being you know, all around with her grandmother all the time, she becomes lonely. She doesn't have friends, to say. And then she has this imaginary friends, right? Langam, Tunes, and, and Mvula. So these three guys, okay, first two appear, which is Langa and Mtunes. So these two guys, they, they, they appear out of nowhere because they are imaginary friends. They exist in this girl's mind. So these two characters control weather, right? So Langa controls the sun and Mtunes, you know, the, the, the darkness, right? So they inform this girl that they are missing a third member, which is Umfur. Hence, there's droughtness in this area. So this girl, uh, you know, searches this third person, which is Umvula, and then eventually when they find this third person, rain falls and it's all right. And then people still think she has, she is the rain queen, you know, and then they don't understand that it's it's these imaginary characters that in, that control the weather in, in this area. Um, so, and then there's a people are asking themselves, Bible, I thought the rain queen had died, you, you know, such things. And then they investigate this child. Well, okay. Uh, so now you can control weather. So therefore, you are a rain queen. So according to the, the laws of the village, if you are a rain queen, you marry the chief. So the chief is about seven, eight years old. So imagine this girl is eight years old, you understand? So the girl is forced to marry this chief. You know? And once you marry the, the chief, you have to, you know, he has to allow you sexually, have share sexual intercourse with you, you know, to seal the deal. You, know? so you can imagine this is an eight-year-old. So then the, so it's a debate about, okay, well, what's there to happen to me, to the child and, and, and mother who's the custodian of this child? And then this, this, the villagers talk and discuss about this thing, and then they say, okay, since you are not a, if you were the parent of this child, then we would give you five cows. Uh, but now, since you are not a parent of this child, and your the parents have died, right? So we give you six cows. So now that the the grandmother pleads her way, well, uh, at least let her let this this child grow. Then she'll come and serve you as a wife. So she eventually fails that her plea, she fails, and the, the chief marries the child, and uh, they have that sexual intercourse, and she gets those six cows. And then there's a moment where we take him to, to the history of this child's parents, and then we found out that one of the, the, the councils of, of the chief advisors, you know was involved in the killing of this child's uh, uh, par- parent. Um, so the stories about this, you know, the, it, it highlights uh, pedophilia per se, rape, mm. and, you know, uh, 
and also how laws of the village just mask that down because you know the the no one wins the child marries the chief and everything goes according to the rules of the village you know so no one wins yeah. so you can watch you can come to watch the show because it's very entertaining it's well scripted it's well uh, directed I believe that my performance will be deliver the you know entertaining performance in an entertaining performance that you know that will impress everyone anyone who comes to watch the show interesting <laughs> listeners they uh, say the 23rd of march right 25th 6th and 7th 25th 6th and 7th yeah Listeners, uh, if you're listening and it's not yet March, <laughs> then yeah, go watch the show. It's called Now to the my co-host, just a, a question. If you were one of the residents of Tolo and you just had the synopsis of the story and you're allowed to speak freely, what would be your stance on this whole thing? <laughs> <laughs> Hey. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, yeah. Hey, the kid. Yo, yes. I'm emotional. I'm almost tearing up here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, wow, the, those are a lot of problems for an eight-year-old. And yo, whoa, whoa. I, I fully support the 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 the. Is it the mother, the custodian? Let me see the custodian, uh, the caregiver to the kid, and uh, and her struggle, and what she's trying to to to. I mean, her saying that the kid cannot go to the to the chief. Was hey, man, hey, hey, hey! Imagine what that does to you as a kid, having sexual relations with someone way older than you, and you you barely know anything. So, I fully support the the custodian, the caregiver to the child, man. Hey. Mm. Hey, there's something, something that's just, uh, no, man. <laughs> nah. <laughs> so, yeah. And, uh, Titi? Um, first, first, I'd like to obviously acknowledge that, um, to my perception, this is wrong. And, um, the way I'd have to act about it or, uh, raise that wrong is, it, like I'll try to raise it in the fact that it's not just about the child. Like if this is to happen, it'll be an ongoing circle or cycle. So her getting into this marriage is going to also contribute to another person in a similar situation or another child in a similar situation being weighted like, you know, under age. And in this kind of like, in my point of view, man, it's almost like, I know, man, like, you know, it's, 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 it's not a level play. It's not a level play. Like, um, yeah, it's, it's for me, that's my perspective. So I'll try to raise the issues of, okay, what do we as, you know, the villagers or the citizens of Tolo stand for? What are our core beliefs? Like, I'll try to navigate it from those kind of situations. Like, you know, and then if we have certain point of beliefs, I'll try to point certain analogies of what is fair and what is not right. 
and then to say how far like you know just you hope this might even try even might cost me uh my comfort in that village or some even like my life or something like that because i'll be shaking the powers that be questioning the powers that be was like okay i understand this is the chief but you as the chief would you would you put if put yourself in the place of the a grandmother would you allow your kid to be done to like you know done like you're about to do that to that kid would you uh, allow your own seed to be witted like that whereas you are losing your child at the very age of eight to another man who you have never fully raised before so i try to challenge the powers that be and try to raise different questions you know not just imposing myself to those kind of people but raising like raising the questions that people don't want to talk about how it's it's not just about that generation but it's almost like you know it's i don't know how many generations it's going to affect if those people were if the kid and the chief were to get weighted hmm, interesting for those who don't know uh, tt fights for injustice or for justice <laughs> 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 so he doesn't like it when there is no justice. Right? Yeah, yeah, guys. Mm. So interesting views, interesting views. Uh, Birds, all I like to say is you are truly an artist. You are truly an artist because you you're shedding light on some issues that have been plaguing. I don't want to say Africa, but the whole world. Uh, pedophilia. Pedophilia is, is, a, is a big problem. It's a big problem, although. It's, it's recognized as a mental illness, some thought. Uh, since they say with pedophiles, it's, it's, it's in them. It's not, they can't help it, but yeah, it's just something that can help. And there are also these crazy stats that one in, I don't know if it's one in 10, don't quote me on this, or one in five uh, pedophiles, but yeah, uh, it's, it's great that you're raising awareness on issues like this and making the world aware that these things exist and they're a problem. Interesting. Interesting indeed. Uh, so, guys, is there anything else you want to say to the guest? On my Not side, all at <laughs> <laughs> Hey, from my side, man. Yo, no, I'm just curious. Hey, man, I'm just curious. How how are you doing? Like being a director, scriptwriter at the same time. I'm just, I'm just curious about the whole process. Like, what? Yo, what steps are put in place with this whole thing? Like, with just movie production, with the production of a movie. Like, what steps are actually put in place? Like, from the ground up until it's like a from final product. Like, from a concept in your head, right? Up until it's like showing in in to people, like, hey, I'm just curious about that whole in between those those steps from the idea to the final product. The final product being like the show, you know, you being able to showcase your stuff, like, yo, hey, I'm just curious about that. Well, it it's a it's a long journey, man, from writing the script. You know, it was a I, I don't know. I think it took me about a year. To write the script, edit it, and have it ready. Mm. About yeah, a year. And of course, you know, writing a script 
has its own purple uh, sorry uh, steps yeah well, mm-hmm. because you need to observe most of the time watch other people's work and see what can you take from that work that can fit into your story so, so you observe most of the time and then you write you know and putting it down is it, it you have to write it in a way that is interesting of course and then translating that what is written into a full performance is another journey which is very difficult because sometimes your performers do not see what you see yeah. they don't see they do not share the vision that you had when you were writing this character and you have to be patient with them speak to them and and offer them examples what to see what to read yeah to sort of bring out that character from them and also there are exercises that you that you have to have as a director that brings out characters from from your performance so it's a very long journey it's a, it requires a lot of steps man that and that would require another podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we definitely need you back. <laughs> definitely need you back. I I I my question is um how has your perception changed about people uh or the people like people you meet like people you meet um people you're attracted to ever since and also family family is important ever since you started like you know oh ever like not ever since but um yeah let's just say ever since you like you know you started writing and um directing like how like being behind the camera and seeing people act and just witnessing all of that like witnessing all the different kind of expression of uh, of how people express themselves or acting a certain role how has that kind of influenced how you view people well i don't think it has changed much because uh I, i i think i'm a person that observes most of the time i mean uh devo will tell you because i've i've once interacted with him on a personal level that i i'm i'm a, i'm generally a quiet guy i'm i'm quiet so in my moment of being quiet and silent i, I watch people react i watch how they think you know so those decisions that they take then informs me of the character that i will write about you know so it could be anywhere it could be a person that you know i don't even know or maybe i'm sitting at a restaurant and then some guy complains about the food you know that little conversation can in- inform me you know so it has not, i haven't changed much as a person because i've been the way that i am i'm quiet and i observe most of the time mm-hmm. interesting interesting yeah man uh birds thank you for blessing us with your presence man it's really been an a journey thank you for taking us through that journey uh it was delightful it was delightful So here at F for Philo we have what we call the 60 second segment where you just get a chance to say anything it cannot be related to what the podcast was about 
like literally anything that's on your mind, anything does anything you have sixty seconds you can say anything if you wanna inspire someone out there, someone is uh, maybe standing on a bridge ready to jump or something, mm-hmm. maybe your words could you know change that decision you know it's a second segment, do your best in six <laughs> they're standing on a bridge and then out of the blue, they just you know the 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 efforts will feel like episodes as play. And then birds one day, you know, oh, do not kill yourself. And then ah, they, they, they stop. They stop. <laughs> hey, yeah, man, if, if you are about to jump, uh, on a no. stage, <laughs> it doesn't be about that. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just entertaining your example, man. Entertaining you. Okay. So if you are about to jump on the bridge and kill yourself, just at least uh, wait until March and watch the show. And then after the show, you can decide after whether you still want to continue jumping or not. But otherwise, I wish you all the best in life. Oh. <laughs> classic, classic. That was classic. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh damn. <laughs> hey. Um live, but live meaningfully. Short and sweet. Yeah. Um from my side. Fear is irrational, and fear shouldn't exist. It only exists to the extent that you believe it does, and it hinders you from progressing in life. So, yeah, be be aware of your fear. The mic. <laughs> uh, from my side, I'd like to say, it's okay to be indifferent. Hmm. Doesn't make you good. Hmm. It just makes you indifferent. Mm. <laughs> 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 yeah, guys. So on that note, we've reached the end of the journey. And then here at the Fulfiller, we say it depends, which is our slogan in three seconds. I want to count it down. Three, two, one. It, it depends. depends. It depends.